We have uh, kicked off, like I said, our new sermon series called Core Values here at Oasis Church Chicago. And um, we did this about a year and a couple months ago where we just explained to the church what we stand on, what we believe as a church. And um, our church is much more different today than it was a few years, a few years, few uh, months ago. And so we said, hey, we need to get this back out. We need to get this into our people. But if you do not call Oasis home, um, we believe that these values, what we say and what we are teaching can carry you to wherever you call home can carry you wherever you are at in life. We really believe that. Last week we talked about people, our calling. If you love Jesus and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then people, no matter what avenue you do called work, people are your call. Amen? People are your call. And today we're going to cover the second installment of these. If you do not have one of these booklets, just slip your hand up right now. We want to get these to you. Our ushers are going to hand these out. This is an, a, a way for you to take notes, to write down some things, not just today, but to reflect and to dwell all week long and uh, go back and see what God was speaking to you in this moment and that you can get reminded what he has said to you in these times and you can carry it through your Monday through Saturday. Amen? How many of you know that Monday through Saturday is much more important than just today? Amen? What we do Monday through Saturday is so valuable. It's so important. I was talking to somebody, and I'm going to jump into this as they hand those out. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and we were talking about just the church and just, just the, the excitement of, of churches. And, and it's always exciting to go on missions trips, right? Anybody ever been on a missions trip? You get all amped up. You get fired up. You drink a lot of Red Bull, and you go, right? That's what happens. And you're there, and you just serve everything you got to these people, right? But we were talking about how the church, the local church, needs to have that same fervor, that same spirit every single day that we are at where we are at. Amen? We should be so excited and so ready to go serve and be a part of God's kingdom every single day. And how do you do that? You do that in the little moments. Everyday little moments where you have an opportunity to love people, serve people, show people Jesus. See, we get amped up for these big mission trips, but guess what? We have a mission field right here. It's called our home. It's called our city. And every single day we have an opportunity. It could be a little opportunity. It could be the smallest little word. I told you I get, I get around people sometimes in crowds, and I'm like, hey, I like your shoes. And they're like, you're a weirdo. And I'm like, no, I like your shoes. They're cool shoes, man. Those are awesome. And they're like, why are you talking to me? Because people in the city are like, don't talk to me. I'm just me. You know, anybody ever? No. Y'all are judging me today. Wow. Like, they're just like, no, don't, ignore, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. I just got to get to where I got to get. And I'm like, I like your shoes. And it just sets something off in them. And we get a conversation going. And it's just the best way. It's the small moments, right? And how does that, how do we, how do we become aware of the small moments? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer, our direct line. I'm going to read a passage of scripture right now found in Hebrews 4. And I believe that we're going to just grow, we're going to understand, we're going to be impacted in and of the power of prayer. Amen? It says this in Hebrews 4, if you do not have a Bible, and you need a Bible, there's one out there in the connect bar, take it. If you want to put it under your shirt so you feel better about yourself, do that too, whatever feels comfortable to you. But take it, read it. Here's a Bible up on the big screen right behind me if you do not have one. It says this, therefore, since... We have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly. Everyone say firmly. Hold firmly to the faith we professed. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Anybody thankful for that? Oh, my hand is up. 
I'm the pastor. My hand is up. I am thankful that God empathizes with my weaknesses. He's with us. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. He is perfect. Let us then, this is what we're going to talk about, approach God's throne room of grace with semi-confidence. That's how we read that sometimes. With just a little bit of confidence. Right? It says, let us approach the throne room of grace with confidence. And everybody said, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Confidence. Walk to the throne room of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus, these are your words. We thank you. This is your promise. May we walk in this. May we live in this, God. May you be glorified in and through this time. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Everybody says amen. Amen. I know it's hot in here. We're just suffering for Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's hot in here. It's all right. Stay awake. This is good. Prayer. Our direct line. This is the third installment of the sermon series. And, And as I was preparing this message not too long ago, I was thinking about all the times that I've had to get on the phone, and the first person that answers the phone is an automated voice. Anybody ever have that struggle? Right? I was recently on the phone with some, some things of, of just switching one account over to another account, and I dialed the number that's right there in front of you, right? It's right there. It's, it's right there, and I'm just hoping, God, just let me get through to a person. And I pick up the phone, I dial the number, and the phone picks up, and it's that automated voice, right? It's like, hello, welcome to so-and-so's place. If you want this number, this number, this number, this number, this Anybody else ever do that, right? right? That, is, that is, to me, the most frustrating thing in the world. I was on the phone. For 45 minutes, I got disconnected four times. I kept hitting nine. Anybody ever heard the saying, like, just hit nine, you get the operator? It's a lie. It's a lie. Whoever told me that, they're lying. And I was hitting the number like, God, just let them, please, I just want to get through to this. I need to get through to this number. And I I just kept going through the rotations of, like, please press this. If you want to do this, please say yes. Please say no. And then you say yes. And they're like, did you say no? I'm like, yes. I'm saying yes. (laughs) Anybody ever been there before? I'm there all the time with phone numbers and calling people. It's like, come on, just let me get to the direct person that I want to get to. You know, this is how we think Jesus is sometimes. That we, we get to him. And we, we feel like we have to dial the right numbers. We feel like we have to push the right buttons. We feel like we got to say the right prayers. Guys, let me be the first to tell you this if you've never heard this. Who cares what you say to Jesus? He's big enough. Who cares how you go to him? He's strong enough. Who cares if you're mummering words, if you're just like blubbering your words, or if you're there and articulate and know how to pray prayers. I know some people that pray some really good articulate prayers, and I'm like, that's awesome, right? Nothing wrong with that. But sometimes I walk into God's throne room, and I'm just like, God, help me. (laughs) I'm so lost. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing, right? And we don't have to to press the buttons. We don't have to to wait on the phone for 45 minutes to try to get God's attention. We don't got to hope that maybe, just maybe, at the end of the line, we are going to catch him. No, we have the, the direct access to the throne room of grace. It says it right here. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he raised from life three days after, after dying on a cross for your sins, and he's washed you clean, and you serve him, and you love him, you are a follower, you are a child and a daughter and a son of Jesus. 
We there? Gospel message, real quick, 30 seconds. If that is you, then you have direct access. You have Jesus' direct number. You don't got to go through his secretary. I love secretaries, right? They were awesome. I had one for a long time. She was my gatekeeper. <laughs> I loved it. When people would call, she's like, do you want to talk to this person? I was like, eh. She's like, okay, I'll handle it. I'll get a message. Don't judge me. Y'all are like, man, he should answer his phone all the time. I love secretaries. But Jesus doesn't have a secretary. Heaven doesn't have a secretary going, ah, don't answer that person right now. They haven't said enough things. They haven't done enough works for me to answer them. People think, i got to go serve a bunch of different things. i got to go do a bunch of different things just to get Jesus' attention. I love Jesus. He's like, yo, I'm here. At the sound, at the mention of his name, he is there. Jesus. That's it. Right? I love technology. I love phones. Anybody love their phone? Any of you ever gotten a phone call, right? Or you made a call, and you know that that person hit that red button. You know what button I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? I'm not getting the button. I have to unlock my phone. But it's like this, right? Sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm on my way. Maybe. Can I call you later? Right? Anybody ever get in these messages? Right? And you get the text message. You're like, just answer your phone. Please. I do this with Rachel all the time. She always gives me this message. <laughs> Look at her. She's like, yeah, I do not. She's all, I'm like, babe, I need to talk to you. Just answer your phone. I can't talk to you right now. I'll be back. Right? This happens to us all the time where we're like just hoping that they would just slide the button, slide the button, answer the phone, answer the phone, answer the phone. Jesus, let me be the first to tell you, is not hitting the sorry, do not disturb me button. He's not hitting sorry, I'm ignoring you button. He's not hitting, hey, I'll call you later. He's not saying, hey, I'm going to meet with you in a thir- about 30 seconds or an hour when I get done dealing with the situation. God is so big that no matter who is crying out to him, no matter who is calling him, no matter what you're asking for, he's going, yes. What is it? I'm here. Whatever you're going through, just tell, I'm I'm with you in this. This is Jesus. We believe this at this church. That if this promise is, hey, church, go boldly with confidence to the throne room of grace, then let's go boldly with confidence to the throne room of grace. Amen? I mean, anybody want to do this with me? Like, it's like, man, I I don't think Jesus is saying, I'm going to call you back in an hour, J.P., if, I'm, if, I, if I get free, if my schedule clears up, no, Jesus is like, I'm here with you. What's up, kid? What's up, my son? What you going through? What you need from me? This is how I think Jesus talks to me, right? It's a part of the, like that Pittsburgh family thing. Like, yo, what's up, Yin? What, what do you need, yo? Like, I'm like, God, I'm here today. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm walking through. This is, hey, God, you're so good. Hey, God, you're so worthy. Hey, God, you're awesome. Hey, God, can we just talk? Can we, t- can we hash this out together? Hey, Jesus, can you give me some confidence over here? Can you give me some assurance? Hey, God, can you give me some wisdom? Can you give me some direction? Hey, Jesus, hey, I got a friend that's going through this. Hey, Jesus, can you read? This is how we can pray. This isn't just the pastor's ability. This isn't just the elders and the deacons of the church's ability. This is your ability to walk into the throne room of grace with confidence. You ever met a confident person? I'm not talking cocky. Confident. We're like, they just, I know a lot of people, like, when they're getting rocked, like, by the world, right? And they're just like, God's so good. I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, you're going through, like, everything I never want to go through. And they're like, I know. But I just go to the throne room of grace, and he just takes care of it all. And I'm like. Wow, I want to be like you when I get older. 
They're like, it's just Jesus. He's awesome. He's going to do it. He's going to see me through it. No matter what I'm going to go through, no matter what I'm going to walk through, he's going to see me through it. And I'm like, yes, I want to come with you in your throne room of grace with you. We have to have the confidence. Guys, I know I'm saying this over and over again because this is such a vital component of being a follower of Jesus that you got to know every single day that I wake up and I can cry out to my Father in heaven and he's going to answer me. And he's going to respond to me. And he's going to move on my behalf. No matter what I've said, no matter what I've done, no matter what I'm going through. Well, we don't think that our prayers are heard by God. See, we pray. And then we wait. We pray. You don't get the feels. You know what I'm talking about? I just need the feels, God. I need to feel you. He's right next to you. But we, we get upset. We don't go back to the throne room because the prayer request hasn't been answered right away. God's delays in response to your prayers does not mean he's denying you. His delay is not a deny. Guys, let me be the first to tell you this. We have prayed a lot of prayers, me and my wife together. I prayed a lot of prayers where I said, God, you got to come through for this. God, you got to do this. God, you got to help me with this. God, you and it doesn't, I don't walk out of my bedroom door. I don't walk out of my house door and the prayer's answered. I'm like, oh, you're so good. No, it's a year. Maybe two. Maybe three, but I don't stop going to the throne room of grace. I don't stop going back to the Father saying, God, I know when I pray, you're not going to give me a stone when I'm asking for bread. You're not going to give me the hard things, the bad things. You're going to see me through. You're going to answer my request. God, it's delayed. It's probably for a good reason. Hello, single people. You're asking for Mr. and Mrs. Wright, and he hasn't given it to you yet? It's a good delay. Some of y'all just need to get with him for a little bit more, get healed up a little bit more, get secure in who you are a little bit more, and then maybe Mr. and Mrs. Wright can come and you guys can have a great time together. <laughs> no, I hear single people all the time, I'm just ready for Mr. Wright. Are you? Great. But here's some things that we see that God wants to work in and through you. Are you willing to go before him and let him work on you a little bit so that you can be ready for Mr. and Mrs. Wright? Well, maybe... Just because he's saying no right now, it doesn't mean he's saying no forever. Just because he hasn't come through the way you think he's coming through, he's probably got a better plan for you. He's got a, probably got a little bit more in store. I love God. Can I just say that? I love Jesus. You know why would I pray? He does, does beyond what I prayed. <laughs> every time. Like it's every time I ask him for something, it's like, oh, JP, that's cool, but I'm going to do this for you. I'm like, whoa, God, you're awesome. <laughs> you're great. Do you guys understand this is how we can talk to God? God, I'm here. I No, God, you're awesome. You're great. Just help me. I'm coming before you. If you don't answer me today, I know you're not denying me. I know you're not. You're just holding. You're just. I trust you. See, it's a trust factor, right? But we got to go confidently. We got to go boldly. We got to know that when we go before him in prayer, we are cleansed by him, molded by him, that he is wanting to use us in a mighty way. So if we know that he wants to cleanse us, that he wants to mold us, that he wants to shape us, then we need to start praying some prayers that are bold. Can I be honest, as a church called Oasis Church Chicago, this church was founded on prayer that we're praying bold prayers. And it's not going to stop today. We're going to keep praying the boldest of prayers. I want to pray prayers that shake heaven. No, I'm serious. Like It's like, whoa, <laughs> those guys, let's go. <laughs> Come on. That church is awesome. They're shaking. They're praying prayers that are praying prayers for the things unseen, the things hoped for, the things yet to be seen, to, to still come. I want to be people that pray bold prayers. I want to pray prayers that shake hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really good about heaven, JP. I don't know about this. No, I want to agitate. I want to agitate hell. I want to tell Satan, you already lost, buddy. Huh. Anybody ever said that before? Yeah, 
You already lost, dude. Victory's already won. Jesus already died on a cross. He rose again three days later. The victory's over. I want to shake hell with our prayers. I want hell to wake up going, oh, snap, that person's up. I got to deal with him today. He's going he's gonna to go or she's going to go invade her workspace or his workspace or her, or her job or school, and they're just going to be bright lights because they're getting alone with Jesus. Oh, no. I don't know about you, but I want this. So like I said, who's coming with me? <laughs> Hopefully some people. <laughs> it's like, who's coming with me? I'm like, huh. But we got to pray prayers that are so bold. Why? Because the word says, let us pray with such confidence. Confidence is boldness. Confidence is praying for things yet to come. Confidence is praying for things that we cannot see. Confidence is praying for marriages to be restored, for people to be raised from the dead. I want to pray prayers that see cancer absolutely healed, sickness and disease absolutely healed. I want to see people that are bound up in prison chains, literally prison chains, be released and come to know the goodness of Jesus. I want to see people that are bound by addiction, drug, alcohol, sexual. I want to see people just set free and be like God, be God in their lives. I want to see things happen that nothing has ever, no one has ever seen done in the city. I want to see the city violence, the segregation, the hate, the racism be ended by Jesus' name because people are getting on their knees and they're saying, God, you got to do this. Help us to do this. I'll just pray about that stuff when it comes to mind. No, when you start to realize that God wants to meet and move on behalf of us, you start to pray prayers that are so drastic, so extreme that you're just like, that's how good my dad is. Right, Pastor David said the other time he was here, he's like, hey, as a father, he just has his son ask him all the time, right, for things. Why? Because kids know they can ask their dads for anything, right? What happened to childlike faith? We have adult-like faith. It's not cool. It's not. No, it's seriously, like, I, maybe I just need to say that. I know I'm going a little long. It's just like adult-like faith, being cool, and I'm just cool. I don't want to get all, like, weird, you know. Instead of having childlike faith. Like, no, I know how good my God is. I don't care what I'm walking through. I don't care what you're going through. I'm going to pray heaven down upon your life right now. Because I know how good my God is. I got childlike faith inside of me. To ask my father anything in his name. Anything. Don't get it twisted, though. All right? <laughs> Leave it at that. All right? Like, don't be asking him for some crazy stuff, right? Like, when it's about the kingdom and you ask him, he's all about it. All about it. Someone said this, our pastor, Pastor Al Toledo, he said this. Build God a house of devotion and God will build you a house of ministry. If this church will be devoted to God, he's going to bless this church with ministry. In prayer, we receive three things. I want to just touch these real quick. I know I've gone long, but this is such an important thing. In prayer, we receive communion, we receive consecration, and we receive commission from God. These are three things, the reasons why we pray. The first is this, we receive communion. We pray so that we can receive communion with Jesus. We have the direct line so we can be in contact. Definition of communion, the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. Communion, you know what it means? Sharing and exchanging of intimate thoughts. Jesus wants to speak the most intimate thoughts over your life, the intimate things that only he has for you. He wants to speak them over you. How does that happen? Prayer. Prayer. Disconnecting yourself from everything else and saying, Jesus, I want you to, 
I want you to speak the stuff over me that no one else is going to speak over me. I want you to speak the thoughts of me that nobody else. We receive God's assurance for our lives during the time alone with Jesus. Out of our communion with Christ, we gain supernatural confidence. Not only do you get to know who you are, you get the intimate feelings, but you get supernatural confidence in the Lord. Anybody thankful that it gives supernatural confidence? When we go to the throne room of grace and we commune with Jesus, we get our identity from Jesus. Can I be fully honest? I'm going to be. We have an identity crisis today more than ever before. More than ever before. Just flip your phone up, pull up social media, watch what everybody and anybody's doing. We have an identity crisis happening today. We have an identity crisis happening in the church. Where people are claiming stuff over their lives and Jesus is like, I didn't pay the price on the cross for you to claim that over your lives. I didn't pay that, I didn't pay the cross so that you could walk this way in life. I bought you, I paid for you so you can walk as a free child in freedom in Jesus' name, as a son and a daughter of Jesus Christ. We have an identity crisis because people aren't getting alone and getting in communion with the Father. See, when you get alone and you exchange and you hear and you listen, you get built up. You're like, oh, this is who I am? Oh, snap, cool. This is what you have to say about me, even though everyone else is saying all these things about me. This is what you're saying about me, Jesus. We're good. We're good. See, we have people today, I fall victim to this. I'm just going to have a little moment here. I fall victim to this. I'm an affirmation guy. Right? My wife knows it. Friends know it. I'm an affirmation guy. And if I don't hear affirmation from people, sometimes I'm like, oh, the sky is falling. (laughs) My wife is always the first. Always the first to look at me and say, Go get along with Jesus. Some of you think that's harsh. That's a compliment. That's a blessing. She's like, yo, go, go. I don't want to be around you right now. Go. Go get in that prayer closet. And let God speak over the things of you. And I look at her and I'm like, ah, but she's so right. I love her. She's like, yo, stop just looking for man's approval and man's words. And just get along with Jesus. See, when you get along with Jesus, these are some of the things he says to you. That you're a new creation. That you're a co-heir with Christ. That you are the temple of God's spirit dwelling among you. You are a child of God, a son of the light and not the darkness. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are free from condemnation. You have received the spirit of God. You are the head and not the tail. You are surrounded by pleasant boundary lines. We are sur- you are surrounded by grace, mercy, and provision. These are just a few things. You know where they're from? With a thousand more in there. You want to know who you are? Get along with God. Get in communion with God. Be raw with him. Be real with him. Confidence, right? It's rawness. It's realness. It's like, God, this is what I'm going through today. Tell me the deepest thoughts. Tell me the deepest things of you. I want to hear them today. I'm going to sit here in your presence until you speak to me. I don't want to go. I don't want to leave. I want to be right here with you today. Remember, it may not happen like this. But I will tell you one thing. If you get along with him, you will walk out of there with a little bit more confidence than when you walked in there with. The miracle, the, the breakthrough might not happen, but you will walk out with some confidence in you. And everybody said. The second thing is this, what happens in prayer. Consecration. When we pray, we receive consecration from Jesus. What does that mean? In layman's terms, to be set apart. To be made holy. See, when you pray, you're in communion with God, you hear the thoughts of God, you receive what God has for you, you receive identity, you receive everything he has, and then he says to you, hey, my son, my daughter, I'm separating you. I'm separating you. Not not saying, hey, you're better 
than the rest of the people. You're not better than the world. I'm just setting you apart so that I can use you. See, when you pray, this is, this is what happens. You receive a spiritual consecration from heaven. You get set apart. You get to be made holy. Well, I just want to be a Christian and be happy. Hear it all the time. The happiness. I just want happiness. Happiness is not bad. It's in the Bible. It's not bad. But Jesus didn't die on a cross so you could be happy. He died on a cross so you could be made right. He didn't die on a cross so that you could just have happy feelings all day long. Like, I'm just happy. I love that song. Who sang that song? I forget. Bruno Mars. Who? Pharrell. Uh, it's how, just so happy, right? People were putting those in their ears just walking around like it was so happy. Like, it's so happy, right? And that's good. Happiness is okay. It's in the Bible. But when all you're desiring is happiness and you're not desiring God's holiness, there's a problem. And God is screaming from heaven going, hey, get alone with me. Let me speak to you. Let me tell you the intimate, deep things of you. And let me set you apart so that you can have a walk in this life that is full of abundance, filled with joy, filled with grace. I want a life here on this earth that is set apart so that I can walk. You know, being set apart is actually pretty cool. People say it's not cool. No, it actually is really cool because I don't have to wake up wondering who I'm sitting next to in the bed. Ooh. I have to walk out of the club with that person that I thought was really attractive when the lights are off and the lights turn on. You're like, whoa! What? <laughs> no, I'm serious. We got people that are just dabbling in the stuff of this world. They're touching it, and it's biting them. It's hurting them. It's killing them. It's leaving them empty. And Jesus died on a cross so that he could set you apart from it, so that you could walk out into this world, and you could be a light. You could be a hope. You could be a friend. You could give them what they need. And that's Jesus. See, some of you today, there are going to be times when your happiness rages against holiness. And you have to make the decision to say, I didn't get saved to be happy. I got saved so that I could become holy. I could become more like Jesus. Jesus is awesome. Right? We have a wrong picture then of who Jesus was and who he, he was on this earth. If you get a full picture of who Jesus was on this earth, he was a friend of sinners. He went after those that didn't know him. He loved people. When you get that picture, you're like, I want to be like that guy. That's an awesome guy. I want to be like him. So set me apart, God. Set me apart. Let me, be, let me be able to go in to fight the battles. You know, Joshua in the Bible, I'm closing up here in a second. Joshua, right after Moses, great leader of Israel, right? Joshua is now in charge of all these people, and he's going to go. He's already made amazing battle fronts. He's already taken great ground in battles. And Joshua comes to the people in Israel in Joshua 3, I think. And he says, hey, people, we're going to go to war. We're going to go to battle. But before we go anywhere, before we take a step, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Oh, okay, real quick. There's a battle about to happen, right? A really big battle. And Joshua's the leader, right? You want the leader to walk in, kind of give you that pump talk, that ready, you're going to run through a wall for him kind of type of, you know, conversation, right? Anybody ever been there? Like, you play for a coach and he tells you something, you're like, I'll run through a wall for you. Like, I'm ready. Like, Joshua comes out in front of all the people. He doesn't give him a pump-up message. He doesn't give him just this really cool feel-good message. He's like, hey, 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 consecrate yourselves before the Lord. 
for tomorrow we will see great things. Before you go fight battles in this life, get with the Father. Get in communion. Get consecrated by him. Get set apart by him so that you can go face the battles. People are running out of their rooms and they're running into battles and they're getting hit and they're getting tossed. And then they're like back and they're like, Jesus, you didn't do anything for me. And he's like, I wanted to meet with you first. I wanted to give you words before you walked into that battle. Before you walked into that conversation, I wanted to give you something to say before you went in there just with your own self. I wanted to separate you. I wanted to consecrate you in my presence. Wow. So you're fighting a battle? Consecrate yourself. Get alone with them. Talk to them. Because he'll equip you. The last is this, and the band's going to come up. We get our commission. We get our commission. When we pray, we get communion. We get consecration. And we get our commission from God. I'm thankful that I serve a God that speaks, right? Anybody else? It's real quiet in here today. I'm really thankful that I serve a God. I don't serve some statue that just stares at me. God, you there? I serve a God that speaks to me. That talks with a still, small voice. And when he speaks, he gives us our, our commission. See, when you get along with God, you understand where you're to go and what you're to do. You get a very clear picture and you know, hey, this is what I'm called to do. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do, you get your commission. When Jesus ascended back into heaven in Acts, right, they're all in the room and they're waiting on God. They're praying. They're in a prayer meeting. They're consecrating themselves. They're, they're, they're communing with God. And Peter, right before Jesus goes to the cross, he looks at one of his sidekicks, Peter, one of the 12 disciples, one of his main men, right, his homies, like, Peter. Right? He's like, hey, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Imagine Peter's face. Like, Jesus, I'm with you. No, you're going to deny me three times. Just FYI. Right? <laughs> Paraphrase version, JP. And, and Peter goes and he denies Jesus three times. Right? Imagine the shame and the guilt and the remorse, the sorrow. Like, I, I just denied the king of my life. I just denied him. And, and Peter doesn't stop there. See, some of you all don't go to prayer because your shame and your guilt is screaming at you. you got to look past that. you got to get over it. you got to step over shame and guilt and condemnation. you got to get to the throne room of grace. Peter goes to that room where they are all at. He doesn't say, like, I've done too much. I can't go up there. He's like, no, i got to get back. I know where i got to go. i got to get with my father. I got to talk. I got to commune. I got to be consecrated. And Peter gets filled with the Spirit of God. The room gets filled with the presence of God. And Peter goes out and gives one of the greatest messages of all time. Read it in Acts. It's awesome. And he brings thousands of people into the kingdom of God by his words. Now, the same guy that just said Jesus is not who Jesus says he is, is now over here because of communion, consecration, and commission. And he preaches a message, and 3,000 plus get saved. Then they're all in heaven. That only excites me. I'll be excited about it. Because he gets his commission from heaven. He knows what he's called to do. He understands what God has for him. He's not wondering, like, God, what am I supposed to do? He's like, oh, people are, are dying. They're going to hell. I'm going to go tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. And he runs out there and he's like, God, you filled me. You've set me apart. So I'm going to preach your word to people. This is how good prayer is. We get the commission from heaven. Guys, I'm going to close with this. I just feel pressed. I'm sorry. We're going to go in one second. But, you know, I've, I was sitting here like, man, people just sit here and think prayer is just like this. Like, I'm just going to pray and see what happens, right? You want to know when I came to the resolve of what prayer was? I was 13, 8th grade, 7th, 8th grade. What are you, 13, 14? Yeah, 13. 
And at that time, I was loving God, and you guys know my story. I stepped away from faith and the church. I saw some things happen. I'm just like, I'm done. Thank God for his grace and mercy, right? Amen. And I remember my, my teacher at the time, my eighth grade teacher, she got cancer. And she came into the classroom. She was like the teacher, right? You ever had that teacher? She came in. She's like, hey, students, I'm going to be stepping away for, for the year. I, I got to go take care of myself. I, I found out that I have cancer in my body. We were all, like, devastated, right? You know, eighth grade, you're just like, what? You're my hero? Like, what happens? Like, and I remember going home and sitting with my mom, who's an ultimate prayer warrior. She's, she's crazy. You want someone to pray for you? Call my mom. She'll do it. Uh, <laughs> and um, she said, hey, son, listen, why, 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 why not on your lunches, you know, your lunches where you go play kickball and you eat with all your friends, why don't you just go into the sanctuary of the school? I was at a private school. Why don't you just go pray? I said, mom, I love kickball. <laughs> not giving that up. She's like, son, you're going to see God's faithfulness. Go, separate yourself, and start praying and interceding on behalf of this person. I said, okay. Week went by. She's like, are you praying? I said, no, I'm playing kickball. She's like, go pray. And it clicked on me one day. I was going out to lunch, and I stopped. I remember walking, and I stopped dead in my tracks, and I said, all right, God, I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to sit here with you, and I'm going to lift this person up to you. One day, two days. Three weeks. Now it's not just me, it's another student. Another student. This isn't a, this isn't, forgive me for the personal story, but this is so impactful. Three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, two months, three months, four months. God, heal her. God, restore her. God, give her life back into her bones. Just heal her, God. And we started praying for all sorts of stuff for people. We started, there was a prayer meeting happening at eighth grade with like 30 kids in this place. And the answer didn't come right away. It didn't happen right away. But it took time. It took some effort. It took some strength to stay in it, to stay in the fight. And I remember my teacher walking back seven months later, seven months. She had a full head of hair. And she said, hey, kids, I'm going to be here for your graduation. We were like, what? She was like, I'm completely cancer-free, healed every inch of my body. It's gone. And I'm like, what? God, you're this good. You're this good, God. Oh, man, I'm going to love you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to believe in the power of prayer. Some of you need to have a revelation. Go to God with whatever you're going through and give it to him. Watch him take it. Watch him use it. Watch him heal it, restore it. Watch God separate you. Watch God commune with you. And watch him commission you to go and to change this world. This is what prayer does. We have the direct line. And I'm thankful for it. Anybody thankful for the direct line of Jesus? Come on, anybody thankful for the direct line of Jesus? Come on, church, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? We're going to sing that song one time. We're going to worship him. We're going to praise him because he is good and he is worthy of our praise. Come on, let's sing it out one time.